0: All right, welcome to Tangram Table. I'm Lindsay Sage, Vice President of Business Development with Tangram. I started with Tangram in the design department about 15 years ago and became increasingly interested in understanding our customers and our industry through various experiences, which has brought me here today. Um, Today I'm joined with Mary Valdez. Uh, She's Workplace Consultant with Steelcase. Uh, She also started in design eight years ago and shares in that curiosity to learn from others and help her customers. Uh, But we are very excited to be with Mitch Viner, Senior Vice President of Legal Facilities and People Teams for Core Digital Media. And uh, he's gonna be here today to tell us a little about, a little bit about his story and learnings over the last year. Mitch, thanks for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and Core Digital Media?
1: Sure. So uh, Core Digital Media is a performance-based marketing company specializing in financial services, helping consumers get connected with uh, products, services, and information that can make their lives uh, better, more productive. Uh, I am uh, involved in the people, facilities, and legal departments there and have been with the organization for uh, just about exactly 14 years. Uh, so, uh, been a little bit. That's a that's a long time in the internet world.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. All right. Well, great. Thanks again for being with us. Uh, so, tell us, a, we met you, geez, about a year ago on a roundtable, and mm-hmm. we really want to learn from you what your experience over this past year has been, and you know, with so much uncertainty around the office a lot of companies decided to extend their le- leases some of them ended their leases completely just not really sure what was going to happen with with their office or what they thought the purpose of the office was uh, but, but core digital media just kept powering forward evaluating options and you ultimately decided to stay in your current location uh, as you guys went through that process, what were were there any big aha moments that you guys came across, or anything that like some of the tell us about some of maybe the conversations you had in um, working through or understanding what the purpose of the office was for you and why you decided to keep powering through?
1: So that's a great question. I will just say for you uh, here on the on the call and as well as for folks who might be listening to this, uh, I think we took the journey that all sort of, medium to large size companies did, which is what do you do, right? And uh, and we didn't start with any preconceived notion. We were in a position where we were making decisions about the next stage of our office development anyway, because we had a lease that was uh, coming up during this sort of period. And we took that same journey. I think most people did, which said, what's the plan going forward? Why do you use an office? How much office do you need? Do you need an office built on the same model that people have been using offices historically? And that is, do you do you look at less space? Do you look at hotel space or rotating space versus dedicated space? What will make people feel comfortable, safe, engaged and interested? And so <clears throat> we went from everything from staying where we were to a larger space to a smaller space to to uh, uh, you know all all the possible options. I will say that going entirely remote was actually a very liberating part of the exercise, because prior, so let's say, to the end of 2019, we were very tethered, very anchored to the idea of a physical office space, and came out of a you know a lifetime of experience that says that's how you build an institution, by being forced very rapidly into an entirely remote experience. Uh, What we were left with was the sense of, well, we're running right now and the lights are on, metaphorically speaking, so we have time and latitude to make decisions Um, that gave us the space to decide. Why do you have an office and we and I would boil it down to ultimately is culture and innovation. Um, There's a ton that can be done via technology. There's very high level functioning technology that maybe five years ago you wouldn't have had this same discussion, but between shared file servers, uh, remote networking, uh, Zoom, Slack, Teams, whatever your, your flavor of choice is, uh, you can operate. But I think it's like a cooking class. You can learn technique, but there are elements that don't translate directly because you don't have the ex- experiential aspect. Right. I can see you chopping onions, but I can't smell them and I can't taste them. Um, So for us, it was about culture and that is demonstrating what a company's values and principles are. It was about behavioral modeling. I know that I've been a big advocate of that. And that is casual, opportunistic mentoring and teaching its supervision and performance feedback. It's engagement with our team members about why people want to be there, who they want to work with. In addition to what what they want to be doing, and then finally uh, innovation and that um, we think that in office collaboration. uh, May that it amplifies. Other collaboration uh, just because of the opportunity for unplanned intersections of activity. So those five are sort of, I think what drove us to say, hey, we still think that there's a place in our roadmap for a physical office space
0: of a question that kind of play, plays into culture. So what are some of the things that were gained from the last year? I mean, you, you said it did help you with understanding what you're going to do moving forward, but what were some of those, um, those great culture moments that you had? Some companies said intimacy, for example, more intimacy or, you know, seeing people's kids and dogs and all of that. But for core digital media, what were those those moments or culture opportunities that were gained, will you preserve any of that in some way? Um, this is going to be a loaded question. And then, lastly, what are the things that maybe you missed that you're really excited about getting back to? Uh,
1: boy, that that could be its own podcast. And I will just say <laughs> that um, we learned a lot, and and I and I I genuinely believe that going forward from a management perspective, a facilities perspective, a furniture perspective, an office design perspective, entire textbooks will be written about 2020. Um, I think if I were to answer in one word, it would be intentionality, right? And that is uh, the, the quarantine or, or remote work really made us focus on what we were doing and why, because there was nothing accidental or opportunistic right if you wanted to have a meeting or a conversation with someone it took that extra step you had to connect with them you had to reach out to them it it wasn't that you were bumping into them at the coffee maker right so there was intentionality uh there was intentionality in every level of that feedback loop management had to reach out to people to get information to understand what they they were feeling um There's no question that not being in the office made us think about what makes or builds or preserves community and culture. Uh, It made us think more about how to connect with people remotely and in the office. It made us super attentive to hearing our team members. Uh, It made us build systems to connect with them regardless of where we may find them asynchronously and synchronized, right? Slack, Zoom, Teams, email, intranet. Um, I think I just saw something in the Harvard Business Review that indicated that um, there's there was a profound sort of shift in team member perspective over 2020 where team members were looking to their companies and their company leadership for, for dramatically more than just a paycheck and their daily assignments. They were looking for community security, information, emotional support, as well as financial support. Uh, They they were looking to build their support network that intimately involved their employer. And I always joke, I say that something like teams or zoom creates this very odd uh, relationship with team members. So. Mary and I have just met, but I know that she enjoys darts because I can see a dart board in the background, but I know nothing else about her. So I know a great deal and yet nothing, which means that I have to work that much harder to to build communication, to understand and process what I'm seeing. Um, But there's a lot from that you say from pre COVID or pre quarantine that we do want to reinstate. that we we were lucky as a company that we had formalized team development and meetings and goal setting things using OKRs, using uh you know Scrum methodology and agile methodologies where we had a, sort of a an infrastructure discipline in place. But now I feel like it amplifies or fleshes out that that infrastructure because now you can get as again that. That accidental or incidental innovation, that intersectionality, um, we want to make sure that we keep the tools for communicating in the hybrid environment as well, and we need to keep doing things to continue to make people feel included and involved wherever they may be. Because I do think it actually is a is one step farther. I'll close with this on this concept, which is it's one thing if everyone's in the office and you want people to feel included and part of the culture and and involved and then if everyone is remote and included and involved and part of the culture but now when it's split you create these different tiers or casts or or or, um you know quadrants of people that some are remote entirely some are remote on tuesdays some are remote on fridays And that extra level of effort to make sure that they all have a a similar equitable equal experience
0: yes uh definitely and so i actually was curious about that you kind of answered it but you know i was in a meeting last week where some of us were in the room and somewhere on video and that was i felt bad for the people on video you know and we're we're a company that has technology i mean we we have a whole department that does technology, but there's just something that's missed, no matter what you do to try to bring you know the people working from from home or remotely into the room. there's just there's a connection. there's laughter. there's just something the energy in the in the room is missed. and i I was curious if you had thought through that or if you've experienced that at all and you know, I Again, I don't know that there's a solution for that. I think you do the best you can from an intentional standpoint, but um, have you experienced this so f- at all yet? That actually
1: uh, does dovetail with some of the development that we're doing now. As, as you know, we're working with uh, Tangrib and we're working on some office redevelopment, and a big portion of what we've invested in is looking at uh, the use of our shared spaces, conference rooms, collaboration spaces, and uh we've looked at we are updating for example our cameras and our conference systems we we've we've, we had a build out already every conference room had you know phone systems and cameras but we said we think we need higher quality cameras so you can you can read the room better we need better sound balancing so that it doesn't sound like you're you know yelling through a tin can um we need to be more attentive to building the infrastructure of our conferencing systems so that document sharing and visualization from a room, like if you're using a whiteboard or things like that, is is synchronized. So those are things that we're trying to do in addition to procedural elements, which as a company we do, which for example, all meetings, whether you're in the office or not, are to include, for example, like a, like an, a digital video link, whether that's Zoom or Teams or something. Because I don't know, who might be there or might not be there. And and frankly, it's it's one of those things where if I get invited to that meeting and then I go, oh, I'm home that day. And then I have to text or slack five people, hey, is there a dial in? Or how do I get that, you know, not only is it inefficient, but it's it says something to that team member. That's like, yeah, it's nice. I mean, our meetings here, but but you you can join, right? You have to create an environment where those people are included. So we are trying to be thoughtful about those things.
0: Are you guys making any modifications to the furniture outside of just conference rooms? You know, I have familiarity with your project, so I kind of know behind the scenes what's going on. Um, And having been to your space as it stands today versus what I know it will be in the future, um, what are some of the changes that you guys decided to make related to what you were giving employees from how you work today versus how you're going to work, you know, when the space opens?
1: You know what? That's that's a great question. As you say, you've, you've seen behind the curtain, but uh, you know, for the purpose of this discussion, as well as folks who might be thinking about these things, we really drilled down on that question. You know, We were a traditional technology company, so you had those long library-style tables that were all open, um, and we, we started looking at a couple of things, right? We looked at ergonomics, we looked at storage, we looked at sound, and we looked at hygiene. Right, and so we moved to a model, for example, where we'll have standing desks because uh, that seems to be that's the, you know, I don't know what the fad is for this year, but that's like the thing right now standing desks. But also, I think it provides more sort of functionality and optionality for how people are working. Um, we elected to have not cubicles, but dividers that sort of better define people's space, which I think is is both uh, benefit for sound. Right, because people have been in different environments now in their homes, whether it's their living room or you know, or being in an office. Uh, so that provides sound masking, and it also is for just sort of comfort in sort of a new world. Um, we're dealing with lighting and airflow as well from a from a fixture type of perspective, to to be better and cognizant of how that affects the space. Um, we're doing things with uh carpeting as well on both sound and and sort of look and feel. Um we feel uh we we changed our desk storage options because we wanted folks to have a personalized space to sort of store their their own, you know, personal effects. And we gave a lot of thought to that because I know some companies have looked at for example lockers, sort of like a gym locker type perspective to keep personal effects desk and and out of the workspace but there's a lot there's a lot that goes on with that I will also say relative to furniture we had a big debate. I have strong feelings on this personally but I know some companies are considering a hoteling option um we have a lot of various teams various like functional group teams that we have sort of organized that we like to sort of be where they are and as well as the fact that I think that um from a post covid world i think people feel better about having their own space that's defined that is theirs rather than hey this is just where the lunch table is and i sat down because there's nobody sitting here um i know for some people that particularly those that have gone to a smaller space because they don't anticipate their full workforce being present at the same time that that's an attractive option uh it just wasn't the path that we wanted to go down so from a furniture perspective we actually went down to the floorboards so to speak and radically altered our furniture expectations. We looked at cubicles, we looked at other options, but we felt like this, again, was sort of that middle ground that accomplished a lot of things.
0: That's great. I have one more question that I know I want to ask. Lindsay might have more, but knowing that you guys are close to getting people back, I don't know, actually, maybe it's helpful if you tell us what your return strategy is from a timing standpoint, but what are you most excited for when employees do get back to the office?
1: So uh, we're looking at, depending on how construction goes, uh, third quarter of this year, um, we are very we're just excited to have people in in, in uh, you know, physical presence of one another. We have a fairly substantial amount of hiring we've done in 2020, and we have team members who have never worked in the office or have never worked with their peers. And we also have very aggressive goals and strategies for the end of you know 2021 and into 2022 and we're just super excited about putting people in a room with a dry erase board saying go do stuff that's cool. That's what I'm personally most excited about is just go and you know because uh, you know online meetings are hard and digital collaboration although light years ahead of where it was isn't the same as being in a dry erase room and everybody just sort of putting stuff up there. That's what I'm most excited about.
0: Well that's great. Yeah, I um I love that answer. I'm very excited about it too. As soon as, you know, the, I know we would kind of was a roller coaster over the last year of opening up a little bit and then closing back down and then opening. But as soon as I, I knew I could at least go to the office for a little bit, I was, I I took every opportunity, even if I was by myself, there's just something about being being there. But or maybe it was just getting away from my two-year-old. I don't know. But <laughs> but uh, anyway, well, uh, I think that we've covered all of our questions. And like I said, this was such a great um, dynamic conversation with you as I knew it would be. Thank you so much, Mitch. You wow. are a rock star. Super, <laughs> super appreciate you doing this. We've really Enjoyed hearing your thoughts on the future of work and what the office means to you in Core Digital Media. For more Tangram Table episodes, you can search Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or go to tangraminteriors.com.